Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. Sunderland have beaten Cheltenham Town 5-0. I'm Matthew Keeling. I'm here joined by Michael Cloth and Jimmy Ray to look back at that triumphant performance last night. Um, and also head to Saturday's game against Portsmouth. This is probably the last you'll hear from me as, I, as the two guests are very, very excited about last night's performance. Aren't we, Jim? Very, I mean, you know, in all seriousness, I, I, be, I woke up today like really, really just buzzing with however they went last night. I thought it was absolutely like just what we deserve given the way we played. I thought from start to finish, the entire team was just brilliant. Um, obviously, uh, take the account into account the way the opposition played to an extent, but I think even so, um, some of the stuff we played, I think we, it wouldn't matter who we played really. I think I think we were just we were just absolutely on form and been saying for a while. Sooner or later, we're going to put a load of goals past someone, and the way we, the amount of chances we've created in most games we've played so far, and I think um, that last last night was the night to do it, and, and we certainly did. Uh, so yeah, absolutely buzzing and uh, and proper excited now. Agree, equally as uh, joyous, Michael. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I don't think I can ever match Jim's levels of enthusiasm just in <laughs> life in general. But um, no, I think we were absolutely excellent last night. I mean, we'll start with a caveat of obviously the fact that Cheltenham were like absolutely terrible. And if we could have picked a game plan to suit kind of our strengths, it would have been them in terms of like the way the players were really high defensive line. But how many times we've we been here against a really poor team and we exploited them, and we were absolutely clinical at times. So, fair play, really, really good performance, and I'm delighted with how things are shaping up. Well, this is this is this is for me the 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 most pleasing aspect of last night. Yes, Cheltenham were terrible, but you've you've just for me you've just hit the nail on the head. There. How many terrible teams have we played in this league? Probably not quite as bad as they were, particularly bad. But we've seen some equally, you know, almost as poor sides come up. And we've drawn against them or we've stuttered past them. One, I just thought from the moment we kicked off last night, that wasn't going to happen. It was just clear that, like, we this was the game where we were going to hammer someone. And actually, I'm a bit annoyed we didn't score more, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was exactly that. I think it was really pleasing to see us actually do what we... What a team in our position should do. It was a chance to go top of the league. It was a chance to consolidate, a chance to put a weaker side to the sword. Which, in previous seasons, we've seen other sides do it. We've never really done it consistently when we played the poorer sides. Like you say, Matt, we've struggled against them. Um, relative merits of these versus other bad sides from other years, it's hard to compare exactly. But yeah, I totally see what you're saying and agree. I think um, in other years we we've played teams like that and. We've it's been one all a lot of the time, hasn't it? It seems it seemed to be a lot of one alls against poor teams. They seem to be able to use the crowd against us and all that. The usual sort of cliches that come out with. But yesterday it was it was just full on, full uh, pedal to the floor, full throttle from from minute one. And like you say, we could have had ten, and I don't think anybody could have realistically complained about that. Um, and I think no, pleasingly I as well, the, the way we played was exactly the way we played against every other team, pretty much just which is consistent. It's, we created chances. Obviously, we were a bit better last night in terms of the execution, but I think it's not like we randomly turned out this performance having previously been poor at creating chances and playing badly. We've just consistently played this kind of pass and move, um, you know, kind of tailored to the opposition style that we did yet last night again. And yeah, it's just pleasing to see a bit of consistency, but uh, with a nice flourish now and again. No, it is. I think, Mick, was it you that said in the chat that it reminded you very much of the Rochdale game in the first half 
when we beat them under Parkinson. That um, was um, that was Gareth who said that. Was um, it? I slightly disagreed with him. I got oh, let's like, disagree with Gareth. <laughs> yes, let's do that. It, it's always advisable to do so. Um, but I thought that we. Um, it was, I got his point up to a point, but I think with Rochdale game, we played with a so much like higher intensity last night than we did in that game. And I think with like Rochdale, like it was just like it felt like very routine, very comfortable. Whereas last night, I think what really kind of summed up, and this is going to sound a little bit twee actually, but when we scored the third goal, like obviously, like when you go to the games, like all the people you get the northern don't you who sit around you and you always have a bit crack and stuff like that. And all the people around me have been there through like the Premier League relegation, relegation to the Championship, like the League One struggles. And when the third goal went in last night, everyone was just kind of looking at each other like with massive grins on the face, just like yeah. wow, like like we actually <clears throat> played football and it's just like great. And everyone just like had that kind of like natural enthusiasm, like kind of people who were just like kind of like like from kids all the way up to kind of like pensioners kind of sat behind us, they were like absolutely just delighted with it. And that's the kind of like basic joy that football can bring. And that's what we saw last night. I think that was just a really nice moment that just kind of summed up like the football we played and like the, the bit of quality from Broadhead. Like I've got this with the news. Just come, come out of there about his injury because I think the bit of quality he showed for the second goal and the third goal was absolutely outstanding. Well, the goals, I th- like the goals were, were all impressive. I, I, the, but the first where we should have been 1-0 up before then, but... Um, Bailey Wright said, uh, you know, he's got a cross and he's just... Uh, yeah, he, he, he powered it in, didn't he? It was, especially it's just after coming, coming after the, the sitter was missed because that was a bit of, oh, no, you know, because um, really we should... What went out for the corner, but then for him to come up with an emphatic header like that straight afterwards, it just lets you release, you feel like the pressure release almost because it was just like such a good header and it was so well-deserved and it just immediately made everyone forget about the, the chance we just missed and... From then, it, we just got better and better and better. And you're right; it was a, it was a great header and a great way to kick off goals. No, it was. It was. A, it was. I mean, the marking leaves a lot to be desired, but I think uh, no, he did well to get across, get across, and 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 head it in. And then obviously, Stewart got Stewart got a couple. Um, the ball through from Broadhead for oh. I think it was the third goal. Oh, yeah, was, it was unreal, just magnificent. <laughs> how, I mean, how, how he contorted his body to make to play. To take the ball down and then play that pass so quickly, but so accurately with the depth and the weight of it to just land. But oh, it was just, yeah, it was just great. <laughs> no, it was perfect. And then again, again, you know, McGeady knocking it across and, and Stuart putting it in. But just all like the first half was just <laughs> insane levels of pressure, wave, wave after wave after wave. Um, and it, I think it was just. We, we've seen this before where we've had this sort of first half and just not bothered playing in the second half thinking, oh, well, the game's won and won the game maybe 3-1. Last night, we didn't do that. Even in the last minute, Aidan O'Brien's cutting inside when we've got 10 men on the pitch, pinging one over the bar. Um, but just, to, just touching on the, like the team selection, because it, it, it did raise a few eyebrows, didn't it, initially, um, when we saw O'Brien come in from, well, from from nowhere, basically, to play on the wing, which was clearly a brilliant idea that I didn't I didn't see coming. No, I think Johnson's got to take a lot of credit. He essentially picked like an absolutely perfect team for the like opposition we were playing against. He obviously had studied them, realised to play the side defensive line, so he wanted to get us in behind on the turn. And as I say, the players he picked like were absolutely ideally suited, like Aidan O'Brien. I know he was quite quiet, but 
that is one of his good attributes is getting in behind teams and he's quite a decent technical footballer so I can it was quite a big call to play him despite his hat-trick down Blackpool the other week but he was vindicated with his team selection and you know what like football managers who do this like professionally for a living are supposed to know a lot more about football than us um, <laughs> so, you, you know what I mean but over the years how many times have we been in a position where like Phil Parkinson for instance sometimes if you literally thought like you could have probably like, picked a better team than him yeah. or Stuff like that, but so it was really good to see Johnson like make a few bold calls last night. But like my God, he came off. And I think what's really impressed me this season, and I've made this point like quite a few times, but it's just the fluidity of it. It's just like whereas before, even when we played good performances, like the players we had, they were quite ponderous. But now there's like a kind of snap to everything we do. The passing's really crisp. It's fluid. Like they're making really good runs off each other, like the little interchanges and the triangles. Yeah, I mean. It, like, Sorry, Jim, I know it's just like another time. It's, it's a little bit of like a cliche, but you kind of watch us now and you can see what we do in training and what we must work on. Whereas like you saw the kind of like shape that's kind of incoherent mess we've been over the past few years and that hasn't always been the case. So I just think it's absolutely brilliant and I just think it's great how no matter how many changes we've made, what the competition is, we can put out a team that like play really good football and they play the same way. It doesn't matter normally when you make a large number of changes, you see just joint performances. And I just think we could make as many changes again for the Portsmouth game. I know we'll come on to that more later. And we'll see an equally good performance. And I just really hope we're maintain it because it's brilliant to watch at the minute. Yeah, I think echoing echoing that, Mickey, like similar to the Wigan game last week, because um, obviously I, 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 I went to that, so I sort of saw the, the 90 minutes and it was really, really good. So they came I'm on at, the pod last week. Then, I know, yeah. yeah I know, that yeah. was a bit awkward. I am. I am. I noticed then how how impressive it was that despite the fact there was numerous changes, the way we played was virtually identical to the way we played the league game the Saturday previously. And again, last night was similar. And first of all, credit to O'Brien for coming in from the start, having not really played at all. And he was like Mickey said, he he wasn't necessarily the focal point, but he did his jobs very well. I agree. He is he is a technically good player, especially with the ball at his feet, and he makes a lot of intelligent runs. Much as he did in a couple of in a couple of games last season, where you know he's really good at bringing defenders away, he creates space for other players. And Stewart definitely benefited from from O'Brien being on the pitch in terms of the space he got for his two goals in the first half. Also, uh, like you said, Mickey as well, some of the interplay in the middle. If you watch the goals back, I mean, the amount of pace and, and movement going on in that midfield when the ball's being moved through towards you know to, towards their final third for, for both of the, the second the second and third goals in the first half particularly it's 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 very unlike anything I've seen us play that, that I can remember for a long time. I mean it's everyone is there's basically perpetual motion from five or six players at the same time all in different directions but with perfect technique and weight of pass to, to marry up with it and it just there was nothing Cheltenham could do. Their, their players were, it was like they were playing at half the speed that we were playing at. It was absolutely, you know, perfect and clearly being worked on. And he's clearly identified the way that he can get this group of players to play. And he's been pragmatic enough to be able to change it based on who the opposition are playing, unlike other managers we've had, where they just play the same way with the same 11, no matter who we play. We could play two contrasting teams Saturday and Tuesday. And we play the same way against both of them, whereas we play totally differently. Um, to a no, point, I, I, no, no, I think and that's, that's what you want. No, you, you're right, and I, I think I think the player who last night was was just brilliant. I thought was Corey Evans. I thought he like he just dictates the game. Like he, the game's running at his pace when he's when it's in, in when he's in the middle of the park. It's a shame that he's only going to play about eight games for us, isn't he? Really, <laughs> um, but I think that's another thing of 
what you're saying, like what we're saying in terms of bringing people in. Well, if he has to come out of the team now, it's fine because Dan Neal will just come back into the side on Saturday and we'll play the same way. And it's all about keep mentioning, like, you know, making changes and not making the team any weaker. And God, we, we, we keep making the team stronger every time we change I it. I even like, saw something online. He was, he, uh, it was a quote. I can't remember what it was, but he was even talking about playing Alves in midfield, apparently, as well, because he was um, apparently Alves is looking to trade in the midfield. So, I mean, he, well, you, if, if he's seen something we don't know about, it could be. I mean, it just shows the options we have. I mean, maybe he's another. Another string we could have to our bow moving forward, but yeah, I totally agree. I think it's... I thought he was good, Alves, when he came on. He didn't obviously didn't have a lot to do defensively. I yeah. thought he was okay. It's good um, on the ball. He's, good to he's get calm. him. Yeah, <laughs> good to get him. Good to get him a few minutes. Um, similarly for Diaku, uh, lovely goal from him. Great celebration really... as well. Loved it. Loving it, wasn't he? Didn't didn't know whether quite whether to jump into the crowd or not. His fifth goal against Cheltenham made probably not worth the yellow card if we're honest. The um, but it was a lovely finish and he was a threat. He was first time finished as well after his dallying on the ball on Saturday. Too many times it was nice to well, see him just hit it and there you go. Must listen lesson, to the pod. Lesson <laughs> well, that's it. Lesson, lessons learned. Um, and then of course, uh, 09 Michael getting the getting the fourth. It was another good performance from. From my best friend, Mr. Luke O'Neill. Yep, it was a really well taken goal. And I think that just summed it up last night the fact the fourth and the fifth goal came so close together. And it kind of like raised the momentum again. I think I said at the gym like last night after the game, um, like the fourth goal is one of them because it's the fourth goal against Cheltenham. You're not exactly going to be like going mental, like even I've got my limitations. But like the, really? when, we scored the, but when we scored the fifth, when it was kind of like in such quick succession and kind of like the way of a strike I just found myself like going absolutely like mad all over again and like jumping all over because it just felt like I just don't know just it was just like quite exciting and the momentum of it and you just kind of thought look like we're not just kind of even settling for 4-0 we're trying to win 5-6 we're like really kind of going for it and it just summed up like just the energy like kind of like of the team like all the way through this is another thing as well which Johnson deserves credit for I think like the fitness levels of the team look like incredibly like um, incredibly good this season in comparison to what it has been so it's one of them because you've always got the back of the mind and I know I keep saying it and I'm not trying to be negative but while the streaky lay reputation exists you've always got that nagging doubt in the back of your mind but right now the way things are it does look sustainable and it's very difficult to kind of pick fault with anything that we're doing at the minute and we just kind of do look a bit of an unstoppable force. No, yeah, I agree, Mick and I think in terms of the you know the streaky Johnson thing, it, it isn't gonna it isn't gonna go away because historically he has done that in 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 most of his seasons and. Something that does give me a bit of confidence with it, though, is we've had a couple of setbacks this season. Look, we've we've we lost to Burton, which was was disappointing, and then we we went on to win what three, four in a row, and then the disappointment of Fleetwood, um, you know, tuning up with seven minutes to go and chucking that one away. I, I, that does give me a bit of confidence. That look like we are, and and look the way we play, we are going to lose games this season. We won't draw as many. But we will lose games this season, and that's fine because of the way we play, because we're trying to win games. And I think it's not going to go away. You're right. But I think I do have a little bit of confidence that if we do lose a couple of games, it won't be, you know, one win in 16, which yeah, exactly. is going to cost it's, us. It's how you trip. respond, isn't it? And and I think, like you said there, Matt, it's, we've responded to the, to the minor setbacks we've had so far a lot better than... I thought we would, to be honest, especially uh, after the Burton game. I thought, you know, we had a really good start and I thought, oh, well, we've lost that, we shouldn't have done. And the the usual sort of, well, 
Sunderland thing, as you'd, you'd say, as a fan. And then also the thing you'd think of a streaky manager would be, oh, well, we've had a good start. We've lost a game. What's going to happen now? But we straight back on the horse and again after Fleetwood. Again, it's, it's, it's like you said, there's going to be setbacks. We're not going to win 46 games in the season. We're going to lose games, but it's how you respond to the losses. That's what a lot of the time is the difference between the good and the great teams, and especially the teams that get promoted and those who don't. Because it's it's each game is a one-off, and you can put a run together. But if you if you draw or if you lose, it, you just have to make sure you, you you put it right in the next game. And so far, we've done that. And I think it comes from the confidence the players have in the way that they play, because it's it's not random. It's trained. It's worked on. So they know they back themselves and they have confidence in themselves because they they've seen the results so far. They know, they know themselves they're not going to win every game. They know they just need to keep doing what they're doing. And like you say, Matt, we'll win a lot more games than we don't win if we keep playing like this because we're trying to win and we're playing with attacking intent. And that's absolutely key. Hey, we didn't go what? five at the back with a minute ago last night, either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sorry, mate. No, sorry. I think what I'm like at the minute is kind of like, I think we're kind of like allowed to make mistakes. I know that sounds tough, but I just think from like the management, I get the feeling where if we have a spell where we're trying to do the right things, but things aren't quite coming off, we're not going to get a bollocking about at half time. So I think we've kind of like we're showing like great bravery on the ball, and the risk and reward factor is really paying off, and we're getting the reward of like getting them behind teams and really cutting them open because I think they're allowed to make the mistakes, and I think they're trusted to kind of play it off the cuff a little bit. Whereas I don't think we've kind of seen that over the past few seasons, especially. And I think that's even transcendent of the crowd. So, like, even if we do... I was kind just of like, about to say that. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Uh, uh, no, it's all right. I mean, so even, like, last night where we had that spell where we just like, kind of kept the ball for a bit and didn't do a great deal with it, the crowd weren't, like, kind of... Obviously, we're not going to get on the back of 5 nil up, but there was no kind of discontent whatsoever. And when we're trying to play these passes and they're not coming off, there's not the moans and groans that we've been having. So I think it's like a really good trade-off of what we're doing at the minute because it's kind of really does seem to galvanise the entire like club really from like kind of the players on the pitch to the management, the people in the crowd. It does feel like we're singing off the same hymn sheet and everyone's got the same kind of idea, which is brilliant, really. No, it, it's it, that's a really good point. Like the the atmosphere generally is is, fan, is fantastic and like it's just a, a nice place to be, isn't it? Like going to the match again and you know for obvious for obvious reasons. And I, you're right the. Some things aren't going to come off every time, but because people are going to see what they're trying to do and what the overall plan is, and there's very much like, way, what was that like, youngin? There's yeah. very much like your dar booting off. Well, I think I think that sometimes would stem in previous years from the fact that we get the ball forward in good positions relatively few times, so it felt like you had to make the most of each opportunity, mm. and then people would. We we get all stressed when it didn't come off. Whereas we're literally getting them. We create so many chances, and we have done it every game that we've played so far. We're getting the ball forward at will. So you're right. If it doesn't come off, there's no need to stress because you know we'll probably have another chance in five minutes, if that. Because you know the, the confidence on the ball, and like Mickey was saying, that the players backing themselves to make risky passes. And I mean, look at the goal against Bolton. That was left back assisting right back for a goal. I mean, and that that. That doesn't come if the players aren't confident. Winchester's not going to be there if he's not confident in the way we're playing. Sirkin's not going to be making that run around the outside to lay the ball across on Saturday. And certainly yesterday as well, I think some of the goals, like the pass from Buggins, the way he was up and down, and Corey Evans even getting down the left-hand side, get you know a lot more attacking to set up overnight and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's confidence. And that comes from knowing and trusting in your ability. And like you say, the fans are kind of getting on board with that. And I think the unity between sort of fan fans, players and manager 
is absolutely key. Because if you look back at our promotion seasons of years gone by, there's always been that kind of united feeling where everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet and feels like that's coming again. No, long may it continue, really. Um, you mentioned Huggins there just briefly. I think I thought he was excellent last night. I thought like, it was his first league start, wasn't it? And I thought I thought he was great. The way yeah. like some of his runs is, is technically brilliant. Um, yeah, just a, a mention for him because he's not really been... He didn't have a lot to do defensively, if anything, really. But what he did do, I, th- I thought he was good. And I think going forward, he's a, he's a, a real threat. Yeah, he uses his body well. He's not the biggest, but he's he's strong and he he sort of he, he gets in good positions. I think I think um like you say, he was obviously predominantly going forward yesterday, but I kind of think that he when it comes to more defensive style situations, he backs himself against Bolton. He what he was getting stuck in. He's not necessarily gonna, you know, win win loads of balls in the air, but he's tenacious in the tackle, he's strong and he just keeps going. So yeah, I think um, realistically he is a more than adequate sort of I'm not even going to say backup because he's just no, another option. We're going to need. We did, it's almost need. good that we don't necessarily have to have a first choice, second choice because they're all as good as each other or, or they can be in, in different scenarios. So I think um, with Denver Hume, obviously, being another fullback to come in, if he can sort of get up get up to the way he will need to get up to the level of Vincent Zirkin, around, I think it's going to be uh, a really nice situation to be in in terms of choosing... Just going back against the goal against Fulton, obviously last night as well. I think a lot of our good play comes down the flanks, some overlaps and fullbacks. So we need them to be playing well, and obviously they are at the minute. And long may it continue. Agree, and I think uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. You've mentioned like Hugh there, so I've forgotten about Hume, but yeah, well that was nice, wasn't it? Talking about a, a five-nil victory. Um, well, I'll take a quick break now, actually, just before I forget to do that, like I do most weeks. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, our upcoming 5-0 victory at Portsmouth. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terrace Cargo Shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Welcome back to the Wiseman Say podcast. Sunderland travel thousands of miles to Portsmouth on Saturday uh, to face uh, Cowley, the Cowleys team, the much-fabled... Uh, Promotion winners, um, who well Portsmouth started the season very well. Actually, they won their first three games, and they haven't won since. The last, which is remarkable, they found themselves in thirteenth place. They haven't, they didn't win in uh, all of September. Uh, their last win was. I don't like doing this because it feels like you know you're playing Sunderland, but you're going to win, aren't you? But. Their last win was against Shrewsbury Town at home on the 17th of August. Um, so they've, in that spell of terrible results, they've drawn at Doncaster, they've lost at Wigan, they've lost to Milton Keynes, they've lost at home to Cambridge, they've drawn 2-2 with both Charlton, who are in rotten form themselves, and Plymouth, and last night they lost to Burton. So... I think we should be fancying our chance. It's always going to be a tough place to go, Portsmouth, isn't it, Michael? But I think, really, 
considering the run we're on, I think we should have gone there looking to win this game. Again, it's definitely the way we're playing. We should back ourselves to win every game in this league. Um, I think, like, it, it is, I know it's cliche, but, like, I've been to Portsmouth a couple of times and they do, like, when, when they're playing well, they do generate a really good atmosphere and, like, the fans are really on top of the pitch. But I think that can work the other way as well. If we can go then frustrate them and get on the front foot and maybe get an early goal, as you say, they've only won three games so far this season, like, it could very easily, like, kind of turn because Portsmouth are getting a bit frustrated now because... They started their rebuilding league too, and fair enough, we got promoted. But they've been in this league now for a few years, and they'll see themselves as a bigger club than that, and they'll see themselves wanting to get back to the championship as a minimum. So, as I say, they kind of it feels like they're almost like a bit more of an extreme version of us. So, I think if we can go there and play on the front foot again and really get at them early doors, I think we could make it like a really kind of like horrible place for like Portsmouth to play, and I think we can kind of use our kind of passion of their fans against them a little bit, like teams have done to us over the years. I think, yeah, I agree. I think like, kind of the, the, the much cliched early goal on Saturday yeah. um, would be would be a key, would be, well, very, very important, if, certainly if we got it. Um, so, obviously, the, there's going to be a few changes have to be made because we did briefly touch on Broad, Broadhead being injured. I didn't see him go, I, I saw him go down last night, but I didn't see what he actually did. But it turns out he's knacked his hamstring. Um, Johnson was saying that it could be two or three weeks out, it could be five or six, but he was saying that he feels better this morning. So, fingers crossed it's not too bad, but obviously he can't play on Saturday. Um, so, who comes in for him? Because he was excellent last night probably, and he's going to be a big miss. You could probably revert back to to sort of just having Stuart up front and bringing Embleton in, I would have thought. I think possibly Daniel coming as well, um, not obviously in place of a broadhead, but I... I think I think it'll be Embleton. Um, I, I don't think Gooch is, is fit, is he? So I think um, it'd be. T- I think I think it'd be make more sense to go back to to how we have been playing with it with Stewart, obviously as the striker, and, and Embleton would 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 play instead of Broadhead, but obviously in a different position, as it were. Um, I think that'll work. I think Pompey are obviously going to be low on confidence, uh, not necessarily low on ability, because I think they probably are underperforming where they should be at the minute but I think they'll certainly be low on confidence looking at the, the, the results and the way their games have gone they seem to be conceding a lot of goals a lot of sloppy goals as well so I think we need to capitalise on that and very much have the mentality and sort of the professional professional arrogance not just arrogance but sort of the, the, the thought well we can go there we're top of the league we've just won 5-0 we can beat these if we play how we can play and just, and just do what we do and I think um I think it'll be Ambleton who comes in uh, and and uh, it is disappointing about Broadhead, but at the same time, Johnson has said he wants to ease Broadhead in anyway. So I doubt we'd have seen Broadhead with an extended run in the side just yet anyway. So I don't I don't think it's a massive blow. Obviously, he was class last night, so he'd want to play again, but we can handle it. It's fine. I think this it's is what a, you have I a think, for. I think it's a blow in terms of we're not going to be able to see him off the bench, though. Like, yeah, it, it, he wouldn't necessarily be starting loads of games at the minute, but... He'd be, in a, he'd be a fantastic option to have off the bench. So let's hope he's uh, he's not out for too long. In terms of um, midfield selection, I thought Evans was excellent last night, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out of the side. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Mick. I, just two games in, in four days for him might be, especially he's just come back, um, might be a little bit, a little bit not silly, but 
we don't want to play them two games in a row and then lose them for six weeks. So I don't know what you think. Definitely not. Um, I do agree, but it's like you say, everything is so interchangeable now. Like I know Dan Neal and Evans have different strengths, but what Dan Neal does, he brings like, such an element of control at the game with like, the way he gets on the ball and his passing and stuff like that. So I think no matter like what kind of midfield we go with, I think it'll cause them problems. I think in a way I'd maybe be even more inclined to play Dan Neal because like I see for me, he just provides that level of calm. And if, like I say, we're looking to kind of like dominate possession and save the game. Carries well, the ball as well. A really good choice. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Jim. Yeah, sorry, Jim. Sorry, I was to say he carries the ball well as well. So, um, like Mickey said, he brings the control. But possibly what he can do, which Evans maybe isn't as strong to, is if we are sort of maybe under a bit of pressure, Daniel, as he has done in games so far, can sort of pick the ball up around the edge of our area, bring it forward. Like like our third goal against Wickham being an example of what he can do in that kind of scenario. He, he, can, he can almost make himself an out ball, which is yeah, quite exactly. a unique exactly. thing to be able to Especially do. Especially away really. from home, in, in potentially a, a tight and certainly raucous atmosphere. I think it, he, he'll be the type of player that could really take the sting out of the crowd, I think, because the way he plays, he can he looks really, really good on the ball. He, if, he, if he can dominate the, that midfield in the way he has the ability to, I'm and probably the mentality too as well. I think he he would make a lot of sense. I think O'Neill, just for his pure physicality, I think his he was everywhere last night again. He was similar against Bolton. We'll we'll need that level of just like body on the line, grit, determination, sort of winning tackles, getting back, getting forwards, piling in for headers, going down, wasting time, winding up the opposition, getting in the referee. It's ear. his it's we, his perfect game. Need. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. O'Neill for me. Uh... I thought he was great last night again, but this is the sort of game that he he loves, doesn't he? Like you just said there, like the, the Peterborough game last season when he's blocking balls with his head and the more abuse he gets, the, the better he gets. Yeah, he does it's love just it. like, yeah, he loves it. Um he's been he has been really good in the last few weeks though, so we've got to give him credit he deserves. Um I actually think he'll start Yaku on Saturday. I don't know where. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I do. I don't know why. I just think if he can get at them, yeah, um, he, he then runs. He kept making the same run yeah. last night, or for the entirety of the time yeah. he was on the pitch. And if he could do that again, I know, I know Portsmouth are not going to defend on the halfway line, but if if he again behind and do that, he, he's going to cause anyone all, all kinds of issues. He seems to be one of them who like, he can run just as fast with the ball as without it as well. So I think he's, you know, just like, if he makes runs like that, he's, 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 he's first, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, you you were there, so you'd probably see it better, but his first touch and stuff, really good. Like the way he was getting control of the ball and yeah, I think he's he's got his goal as well. I think he'll worry them. So I wouldn't be averse if he did, if he did start him to be fair. I think it's, He'll be he'll be he'll be high on confidence as well, won't he? So. Well, we won't want to be, you won't want to be play like an out of form, you know, defense isn't one gonna isn't going to want to play against a player like that. No. He's kind of an unknown <laughs> quantity as well. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> yeah, I think he'll play for one reason or another. I don't know where I've pulled that from, but I just do. Um. The defense, obviously, Huggins will continue because I don't think Sirkin will be able to play. It's not um, worth risking him, is it? I think. Well, I don't think. Well I don't think he's. I don't think he can. I, I think it's. Oh, of course, concussion. A concussion yeah, yeah. protocol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Winchester continue a right back. Um, though, I, does anyone know about Callum Doyle? I maybe should have looked at this. I, do, I don't. Why did he not play last night? Is he injured? I think he hurt his back, didn't he? 
against Did he? against Bolton. I think it was more of a precautionary thing. I think obviously as well with him being so young, it's probably good to manage him. Uh, it's great that he's been as good as he has been, but we we can't forget he is only seventeen. So realistically, I think I think if he has had a knock, um, not rushing him back wouldn't be wouldn't be a big issue. I personally would rather be played than right, just because I think I I prefer him as a defender in the way that he plays. I think right, not last night so much, but I think against Pompey, possibly a, a team with a bit more attacking intent of the way right plays, although he has his strengths in terms of winning the ball in the air and that I think he will invite pressure maybe a bit more than Doyle because I think Doyle's quite good at bringing the ball out from the back and it, obviously his passing ability is 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 at the is a Premier League level as as you'd expect given that he's on loan from Man City. But um if he can play I, I hope he I hope he will but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. In which case you'd expect probably Wright to continue given he did he was part of a clean sheet last night, wasn't he? I'd 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 like to see him come back in if if he can. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Alves got minutes as well last night. Uh, I don't know. We'll just well let's leave the team to Lee Johnson because, despite my thoughts a few months ago, he does seem to know what he's doing. Um, <clears throat> is anyone going? Mick, it no. seems like the kind of trip that you'd make on like a skateboard or something via crew. <laughs> a kayak. You're, you're, you're about right, but not on this occasion. I'm not. No, I'm not either. I'm quite upset. No, I, about I was it. I was debating it, but um I decided to be sensible. Um given that although I don't live in the northeast, it's not much less I don't think in fact it's probably not for any less far at all to Portsmouth from Liverpool than it is <coughs> from Sunderland. So I think it's it's a bit of a bit of an overindulgence, should we say, for this early in the season. I think I'll save my mammoth away trips for, for later is. in the year. Um, but maybe be... we could find a, a a public house that's showing it uh, yeah. to, to maybe watch it in. Um, right, well, with that in mind, as we sit in the pub, the unnamed pubs that will show this game, um, predictions, um, Mick, are we going to beat Portsmouth on Saturday? And what's we the score are... going to be? And who's going to score the goals if there are going to be any goals? I'm going to go for 2 1 Sunderland. I'm going to go, we're going to be turning up at some stage. They'll get one back, and it's going to be a bit nervy towards the end, but we'll see it through. Who's going to score? Need the scorers? Stuart and McGeady. Yeah, I could get a bum with that. Jim? I'm going to go for 2-0, I think. I'm going to go for Ross Stewart to bag another. I think he'll... I, I kind of don't know why, but I envision him getting the goal a bit like he's one of Fleetwood, the header. Um, I can see... I think mm. set pieces will be important and I think we, we seem to be a lot better at them as well these these days. So I can see him maybe scoring a header and... Um, if you man Diaku starts, I can, I can, I think he might, uh, I think he might bag as well because I agree with you. Actually, Matt, now you've said that. I think that, you know, if uh, if he can get at that portion of defence, I think he, I can see him scoring again because he seems to be a confidence player. He'll be high on it at the minute given his goal last night. So, yeah, and if he doesn't play, then the other goal I think will be Dan Neal. Dan Neal, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd if he plays, who knows? But yeah, uh, well, it's yeah. no, this is it. I mean, this is the, this is, but this is this is where we're at now. Like. What like it's a it's a it's an excellent situation that we're in. This we don't know who's going to play, and it doesn't matter. Like you know, like we all have players that we maybe prefer to play, but if they're not, then someone else is. It doesn't matter because we're going to win anyway. I think we'll win. Uh, I think we'll win as well. Um, the the fabled good bet, uh, friend of oh, the podcast, yes. Dan Howden's good bet. Three. Uh, so I think Jack will score twice, oh. and. Uh, 0-9 will score 
uh, an own goal for Portsmouth, and <laughs> then Ross Stewart will wrap up the three points for the lads. Um, I think it's sold out on Saturday. Um, Home I don't know why, I'm, sold out, why yeah. I'm plugging it's Totally tickets, sold out ground. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing else to plug this week, since I got wrong for not plugging the Peacock well enough last week. Um, does anyone else have anything to add about uh, the Peacock or Portsmouth away or Cheltenham at home um, before we leave? Um, just, I was at the Peacock on Saturday. I thought it was good. Uh, Darren Williams has some, some good stories. Well, you're not going to say shit, uh, are you, when you're on the, when you're on the podcast? Yeah, that's true. No, no, honestly, it was good. And the ham and peas pudding sandwich was very nice. Well, actually, so. Did you eat as many as you could so no one else uh, could have any? That was the uh, most important. I, I, no, I had to be restrained. The, the, the plate of sandwiches was right next to me and I had to stop myself just, just scrambling them all. So. No, you, should have, you should have eaten so many that you were actually sick. That would have been some salute to Darren Williams. Darren Williams' <laughs> mid-story. I'm just projectile vomiting everywhere. On uh, him, very on brand for me. That would be actually, to be fair. So it's probably a good job I didn't do. Oh, being sick's great. Oh yeah, being being, <laughs> being sick for being stupid is is excellent. Um, right. Well, on that uh, topic of being sick, um, let's report some of the sick of the sight of us on Saturday. Um, right. Yeah. Great. Thanks for listening. <laughs>